Amen, amen. What a great song set. We even did some old ones. Amen. The old ones are still good, by the way, in case you needed reminding. Some of us young folks had to remember how to re-sing them, right? We kidded with Landon that we weren't sure if he'd know how to play those old songs. and He did just fine. Amen, amen. I just like worshiping the Lord. Doesn't matter what, when the song is from. Doesn't matter when it was written. Amen. I just enjoy worshiping the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord today. I've got a job to do today. And my job is to take you into the word of the Lord and encourage you today with what the Lord has given me. And so... I know my clear purpose. I'm just going to ask you that you'll preach with me. Amen. That you'll preach with me. And uh, it's like a conversation. Uh, conversations are a whole lot more fun when everybody participates. Amen. Uh, so uh, don't let me do all the talking. All right. You say we're not supposed to talk during the sermon. A little amen every once in a while wouldn't hurt anything. Amen. Let me know you're awake out there every once in a while. If I say something that's in the Word and it's worth saying amen to, why don't you say amen? Praise God. And uh, preach with me today. But I've got a job to do today, and I'm going to do my best to stir up your faith. I want to turn your attention to two verses. First in Haggai chapter 2, verse 7. It's a verse of scripture that says, I will shake all nations and the desire of all nations shall come and I will fill this house with glory, saith the Lord of hosts. And then Psalms 125, beginning with verse 1, they that trust in the Lord shall be as Mount Zion, which cannot be removed, but abideth forever. Verse 2. As the mountains are round about Jerusalem, so the Lord is round about His people from henceforth even forever. I want to I take my thought from both verses. The first phrase of the first uh, reading that we, that we read, and then the first phrase of the second reading. So in Haggai 2 and 7, I will shake all nations... And then Psalms 125 and 1, They that trust in the Lord shall be as Mount Zion, which cannot be removed, but abideth forever. I want to preach this message to your, in your hearing today, unshakable. Unshakable. You may be seated. Unshakable. Now, I want to, I want to preach my heart today and... Uh, I want to take you back a couple days to our Wednesday in the Word Bible lesson. If you watched that lesson, I used a little prop, if you will. Whose camp are you in today? Grape or strawberry? Lots of strawberries. So I'm not alone. I love strawberry. I like grape too, but I love strawberry. But I used a little prop in that lesson and I talked about how there can get a gap in the product and it doesn't want to come out. And it takes a little bit of shaking of the product to get it where it needs to be. 
to get it in the right position to flow. My wife already alluded to it in her opening remarks, but I want to be in a position when I come to the house of the Lord to let the Spirit flow. But sometimes it takes a little bit of shaking. It takes a little bit of uh, positioning ourselves so that the Spirit can flow. And you say, well, I, you know, I prayed once 20 years ago, and so I got things right. Can I tell you, this is a daily thing. This is a daily thing. And did you know that while I wouldn't question your experience 20 years ago, but I would question that if we don't attend to this thing in our lives called the Holy Ghost, that we can get out of position for it to flow. Not questioning whether it's there, but have you ever gone for a period of time and it just didn't feel like the Spirit was flowing? Can I remind you, that's not a problem with the Holy Ghost. It's a problem with the container. Amen. I've got to get myself in a position so that that Spirit can flow through my life. And so, uh, Wednesday I made it plain that we wanted to stir up our faith, if you will. Shake our faith a little bit. And today I'm echoing that point. We need to stir up the faith that's within us. Stir up the gift that's within us. Stir up the anointing that's within us. And, and did you know that God, God will help us sometimes? He'll help us stir up our faith a little bit. And, and I want to break it down this way, that, that God will get the attention of the church one way or another. Oh yes, He will. Uh, he will allow a stirring and a shaking to happen in our lives. God, I believe, is even allowing this to happen right now in the time that we're living in. There is a stirring and a shaking. In fact, our, our, our verses that we read in our text echo a New Testament uh, verse that I found in Hebrews chapter 12 And the writer says this, picking up in verse 26, And his voice shook the earth then, but now he has promised, saying, Yet once more will I shake not only the earth, but also the heaven. There's coming a time that God is going to shake the earth and the heaven. And I submit that we may be even in that time right now that God is beginning to shake things. We've asked God to shake our faith, stir the gift that's within us. And could it be that God doesn't come along and just put His finger on the anointing and the gift within us. He'll put His hand upon circumstances in our lives so that we've got to stir up the gift that's within us. See, it's not God's job just to just come and stir up our faith and our, our feelings and make our goosebump factory go, uh, you know, kilter, right? It's not God's job to do that. Sometimes God will come and put His hand on a situation that causes us to get back to a prayer altar. That causes us to get back to a closet that we've misplaced somewhere. That to, to go and uh, uncover an altar that maybe we have forgotten about somewhere. And so God will stir up the gift and shake us many times, not just by shaking the gift that's within us, but He'll shake the circumstances in our lives so that we go find the anointing in our lives. The expression in Hebrews 12 
and 2, he says, Yet once more I will shake. This expression, yet once more, denotes the removing of those things which can be shaken as of created things so that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. There is a shaking that is in our world right now. And God is allowing all things to be shaken. In fact, in this end time, God will allow our faith to be shaken. Yes, He will. He'll allow our lives to be shaken. And He's not doing it to punish us. He's getting us to wake up. He's getting us to realize what is important. He's getting us to realize what has been built in our lives, whether the shaking will cause it to stand or whether it will cause it to crumble. But there's a shaking that's coming, church. And all things that can shake are going to shake. And what's left standing is going to give Him glory. And it's going to give Him honor. But all things are going to shake. Hebrews says, In the earth and in the heavens, and Haggai that we read in in chapter 2 and 7 says that all nations will be shaken. In fact, Jesus would even echo this sentiment in Matthew 24 and 3. It says this, picking up in this story, as He sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto Him privately saying, Tell us, when shall these things be? And what shall be the sign of Thy coming and of the end of the world? Verse 4, And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. And see that you not be troubled, for all these things, watch this, must come to pass. But the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be famines, and pestilence, and earthquakes in diverse places. Verse 8, And all these things are the beginning of sorrows. Now I know that's not a a popular uh, uh, topic to talk about, but these are the words of our Lord Jesus Christ to His disciples saying, you need to know about this stuff, because when it happens... I don't want your faith to be shaken. When things begin to happen in the world, I don't want your faith to be so shaken that you don't know where to turn. In other words, Jesus says, I'm going to send a shaking that will shake the world, but I don't want you to be shaken. I'm going to shake some things that, that seem unshakable, but I don't want you to be shaken. And God does allow there to be a shaking in this life. In fact, I do believe we're seeing a lot of things happening right now that line up with what we would call a shaking in a short period of time this year alone. No, we don't like it. We don't prefer it. But God has always allowed it. And He's allowing it in this generation too. See, we're not alone. We're not the first generation to be shaken. In the days of Noah, the shaking came and it looked a lot like an ark floating on water. In Daniel's day, the shaking came and it looked a lot like a lone man standing in a, lens, uh, a, a den rather full of lions. In David's day, it looked a lot like a little shepherd boy standing out in an open field where Saul's army was too scared to go out, but David walked out. That's what a shaking looks like. It didn't start with this generation. God's allowed a shaking to go on in every generation, even in the New Testament. The shaking looked a lot like Paul and Silas when they had been beaten and put into prison. 
But they woke up at midnight, if you will. Their spirits woke up at midnight and something began to happen. For Peter and John, the shaking came as threatenings came upon them that I preached about last week. And they were preaching the gospel and yet they, there came a shaking in their life and threatenings upon them. In every case I just mentioned, the shaking never feels like we want it to. It's never warranted in our mind. The shaking never feels fair. And the shaking never feels like it's a just cause. It feels like a fight against us. And it's unwelcomed on many levels. And yet, God allows the shaking to come. I'm preaching to us today that God is still in the earth today. And I know a whole lot seems to be going wrong. But can I tell you, there's a God in the midst of the storm. There's a God in the midst of the shaking. And we would do well to wake up and shake ourselves and let God have glory in the midst of this storm. Hallelujah. The prophet says in Haggai 2 that God will shake all nations. I'm preaching that we're living in a time of shaking. Take your pick from any current headline that's in the news right now. Global pandemic, an election year, political parties pitted against each other, police brutality, racism, civil unrest, rioting, protesting, innocent lives being lost, building, buildings and bur- uh, businesses being burnt to the ground. Now Bibles are being burnt in the streets. Murder rates have skyrocketed within major cities. Plagues, pestilence around the world. Women and children being trafficked. Abortion. Tissue harvesting. Church, if I hadn't said enough already to wake you up, I'm telling you, sin and wickedness is going to be exposed in high places. It's going to be exposed because God's allowing a shaking to happen in this world. And I'm here to tell you that we better get on board with letting God shake what He wants to shake. But He hadn't come to shake your faith. He's come to shake us awake. But mark my words, there is a shaking in the earth. And God's allowing the wickedness in our hearts and in man's hearts to be exposed. There was ever a day that the phrase comes to my mind from the Old Testament. Choose ye this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Because God says there's a time that I will allow all nations and all governments and all peoples to be shaken. And the church is living right in the midst of this shaking. Listen church, there's going to be shaking ground all around us. Uh, there's going to be shaking times all around us. Uh, there's going to be things that don't make sense. Listen, we never were looking at the world to make sense. We're looking to God to make sense out of things. Quit waiting on everything to settle down and make sense in this world. Listen, I hate to be this preacher, but I'm going to go ahead and say it. Things may not get better, they may get worse. And if you're waiting on everything to get pretty before you go all in, it may not happen. God is allowing a shaking to happen. Even in our lives, God's allowing a shaking to come so that we'll wake up. 
Notice our opening statement today that God is going to allow things in this life to be shaken. But sometimes we think that only means the things we've mentioned here today. That list of headlines. And boy, what a list. But God doesn't just want to shake things. He wants His glory to increase in the earth. Did you catch that in Haggai 2 and 7? He says, I will shake all nations and I will fill this house with glory, saith the Lord of hosts. God's got a plan on why He's allowing there to be a shaking. Because there's some kingdoms that need to fall. Because they've been covering up His glory. They've been covering up His majesty. They've been covering up the kingdom of God too much. And dare I say, even in the church, we've allowed some kingdoms to rise up and some things to be in place that have been covering up the glory of the Lord. And so God is allowing there to come a shaking even in the church uh, so that some idols will come down and we'll see His glory again. Uh, So how does God get the glory when everything is shaking and moving all around us? I'll tell you how it happens. It happens when God's people get shaken in their their prayer life again. It it happens when the people of God get shaken awake again. uh, And the people of God rise up as the body of Christ. What is happening around us? I tell you. What's happening around us is sent to cause a shaking among us. Huh. See, Noah had, had to have some things shaken around him to know what was unshakable inside him. And while everyone else was ignoring God in his day, God had a family that was unshakable in their commitment and in their faith. And while the world was crumbling and being shaken all around them, Noah and his family became unshakable. And they rose up to become something that they weren't before. As I preached last week, I'm here to tell you, there is a shaking in the earth, but it's not meant to bring you down. It's meant to cause you to rise up in a day when other things are going to fall. God wants you to rise up. Yes, He does. Matthew 24 and 37, Jesus said, and I read it last week, but as in the days of Noah, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. And I don't think this is just pointing to the wickedness in the earth. I believe Jesus is also pointing to the faith that Noah had to have. So in the last days, just like Noah, there needs to be a family of God that will rise up and find your faith and find your voice and find your commitment and find your prayer life and find the house of God like never before there is a rising up in the midst of a crumbling yes there is huh David wasn't exempt from his surroundings David David walks out onto a a a field if you will David is surrounded by a group of men that doesn't seem to know where their backbone is and little David walks out in the midst of them and he's kind of, I'd say he's rubbing shoulders, but he was too short for all of that. He was rubbing elbows. Let's say that. And he pushes through the crowd of the men, if you will. And the only man in the room went out onto the field. And it's as if he glances back and he says to the whole crowd that's shaking in their shoes, First Samuel 
17 and 29. Is there not a cause? Listen, quit waiting to be head and shoulders above everybody else. You may feel the shortest person in the room. That's not what God's looking at. Your stature or your build or your qualifications or your background or your last name or your bank account. Got nothing to do with it. You know what God's waiting on? He's waiting on you to get a cause. He's waiting on you to get a burden. He's waiting on you to get back in touch with the gospel. That's what he's waiting on. And when you get in touch, when everything else is crumbling and shaking, and you rise up and you grab a hold of the horns on the altar again, that's when you'll rise to new heights while the world is crumbling. Even Daniel, Daniel wasn't exempt from his surroundings. He felt the weight of all that was going on in his life. We hear the story of Daniel. What a great story. And yet, have you forgotten? He stood alone in a lion's den. Daniel 6 and 10. Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went to his house. And his windows being opened in the chamber towards Jerusalem, guess what he did? He knelt on his knees three times that day and he prayed again and he gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. Verse 18, then the king went to the palace and he passed the night fasting and his sleep went from him because the king had thrown Daniel into the lion's den. Daniel wasn't exempt from the surroundings. Listen, church, I wish I could tell you that the church is going to be exempt from our surroundings. No, we're going to feel it too. We live in the same world. We're going to feel the same thing. But guess what? While the world can't sleep because they lack peace, you're going to be surrounded by a den full of lions. God's going to be your protector. Amen. God's going to be our protector as we go into uncertain times. God's going to go with us into dens of lions. God's going to go with us out onto the field to fight our Goliaths. God's going to go with us when the world is shaking and crumbling. God's going to lift you up to become something you have never been before. See, this wasn't Daniel 2.0. He hadn't been through this before. This wasn't Daniel verse and chapter number 2. No, this, this is the first time Daniel has ever faced a lion's den. But he walked into it. There's going to be a lot of firsts that we walk into. There's going to be a lot of moments that we say, how did we get here? How did we ever get to this place? It didn't take God by surprise. And he's got an angel that's ready to shut the mouths of lions. And He's got an angel that will go with you into every moment that you've never been in before. But God is already there. And if we'll wake up in this time and in this hour, God will cause an angel to be with us. Oh, you believe that today? Have we outgrown angels in this modern day? I hope we haven't. Maybe we don't see them and maybe we've entertained them unaware. I don't know. I wish some days... I don't know. Do you... I remember being a little kid and just walking through the house saying, was that an angel? Was that a... Or I'd go in and check mama's room. Oh, she's still here, so the rapture didn't take place. Okay, okay, I'm good. I got another day. 
You ever like that still as a child? I, I walk through my house. I'll still, I, I, just this last week, I walked through my house. And I think, Lord, let an angel be around the corner. Lord, I'd love to see an angel. I'm not asking him to scare me. or, But I dare say if it was the angel of the Lord, I would recognize it. I'll walk around the house outside and I'll say, Lord, let an angel be there. Let me see an angel. Let me see your presence. Let me, let me know that you're with us. Have we outgrown the supernatural in the Holy Ghost? I dare say there are angels all about us and God wants to reveal his presence. If not ever before, especially in this time and in this day that we live in. I don't know about you, but I'm still hungry for the supernatural. I'm still hungry for miracles and signs and wonders. I was on the phone with my mentor this week, Brother Jackson. He just knows how to say things that get in your craw. He said, Brother Shellhart, what we need worse than anything is a fresh miracle. He said, you know what your church needs? You need a notable miracle. <laughs> I can't shake that, Sister Gail. I can't shake that statement. I think, oh God, what's it going to take to need a miracle? I'm not praying that anybody just need a miracle, but there are people that already need a miracle and they don't think they've got any place to go. Can I say, can I shout to Paducah and the surrounding areas? God still does miracles. You can come here and we'll pray with you for a miracle. Have we outgrown miracles today? I hope we haven't. I hope we still believe in miracles. I'm praying for the deaf to come in. And it's not me, it's not you, but it's the power of the name of Jesus. Uh, and it doesn't have to be me praying for you. Go lay hands on them and in Jesus' name and let the miracle happen. But you know what? I get to thinking about angels and I get to thinking about the, the presence of God and I get to thinking about notable miracles and I, I start thinking that that's what we think, that, that that's the notable stuff that we need. Can I bring it a little closer to home? We also need the miracle of an awakening in our spirit like never before. Now I'm not minimizing anything else I just said. We need those too, but you know what we need more than anything? I need my spirit to come alive. You need your spirit to come alive in this generation. You need your prayer life to come alive. You need your Holy Ghost burden to come alive again. You need your altar to come alive again. Hallelujah. We need that miracle too. So Daniel standing in the lion's den. He'd never been there before. But the angels shut the mouths of the lions. It was just another miracle that God does. Could it be that we need to just start walking with God and God's just going to start giving us miracles? Why don't we believe that? Why don't we just start expecting that? Why don't we wake up our faith and say, God, I don't know what's going to be in the headlines today, but in Jesus' name, me and you, what miracle do you want to do today? 
What miracle do you want to use me in that I could be a vessel to, to show somebody your presence and your glory in the earth? It's time, I believe, to start shaking what's been shaking us. I think it's time to start pushing back what's been pushing us. I think God's looking for a church that knows how to be a hell shaker in your prayers. To shake the gates of hell. To shake and rattle and, and, and let the enemy know we're not just on the defensive. We're coming on the offensive. Hallelujah. I said it's time to start shaking what's been shaking you. Peter and John, they've now been thrown into jail and their lives are threatened. Things are shaking all around them and they're preaching the gospel. That's all they did. And they're thrown into jail and they're threatened. The enemy doesn't like it and he's pushing them around. But what they do in Acts chapter 4, they get to praying. And now the Lord, Peter says, behold their threatenings and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word by stretching forth thine hand to heal, that signs and wonders may be done in the name of thy holy child Jesus. 31, and when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together and they were filled with the Holy Ghost and they spake the word of God with boldness and with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great grace was on them all. When they prayed. Everything I just read happened when they prayed. I'm talking about being unshakable. While everything's shaking all around us, there's some things that need to shake in our lives like shaking our prayer life back awake. Amen. Our prayers need to push back and get a hold of God. Ephesians 6 and 18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Do you catch that first phrase? Praying always. You say, well, I got to go to work. Do you know your, your spirit can pray while you're at work? Well, you don't understand. I got to have conversations with people. That's okay. That's in the natural. Do you know while you're having a, a natural conversation, your spirit can be praying? Oh, you didn't know that? While you're talking in English, your spirit can be praying in the spirit. Yes, it can. If you don't think so, somebody sold you a bad bill of goods. Because you're actually more alive in the spirit than you are in the flesh. It's just we get too accustomed to this. And this is what we get used to. Did you know you're more alive in the spirit than you are in the flesh? Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. And that's, just, that's not talking just about walking around uh, speaking in tongues. It's talking about praying through your spirit. And so I wake up in the morning and I say, God, I need you to pray through me. I need you to, I need you to alert me what I can be praying for. And so while I'm not talking in English, I'll get to praying in my mind and in my spirit. But when I have to talk in English, you, you probably don't want to talk in tongues when you go through the drive-thru. You may not get the order you want. 
So even Paul warns that it's really not effective for you to walk around speaking in tongues all the time. Right? That's not wise. And that's not what this uh, verse is saying. But there is an effectual, fervent prayer that can happen through the Spirit that while you're talking in English, the Spirit is making intercession. The Spirit is praying within you. The Holy Ghost in you does know what to pray, even when you don't know how. And so by faith, you activate your prayer and you say, God, I just need you to move. And God translates that into what you actually need through the Spirit. Hallelujah. Paul says, not only pray, but pray through your spirit. He's telling us to continually pray throughout the day. To pray earnestly and to pray with intention. And when we do, you start pushing back what's been pushing you around. Anybody got some stuff pushing on you? Uh Uh-huh. Sure you do. We all do. James 5 and 16 puts it this way. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. See, there is prayer that works. Can I get an amen? Amen. I said there's effectual fervent prayer that works. And too many times we convinced ourselves that when I pray, nothing happens. You don't know what happened in the Spirit. Quit waiting on your goosebumps to reveal what you did in the Spirit. Sometimes you just got to take it by faith and say, I spoke it in Jesus' name. God's made a record of it. I spoke it in Jesus' name. He's going to work on my behalf. Doesn't matter how I feel about it. Doesn't matter whether the world's agreeing with it or not. I spoke it in prayer. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man or woman availeth much. I'm talking about being unshakable in your faith. While everything else is shaking, you're unshakable. Acts 16 and 23 talks about Peter and John. Make sure I've got the right folks that I'm talking about here. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison. Paul and Silas it is, not Peter and John. Paul and Silas, they cast them into prison. They've laid many stripes on them, charging the jailer to keep them safe. Who who having received such a charge, he thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in stocks. And at midnight, Paul and Silas did what? They prayed. And they sang praises unto God. Can I pause right here and say, your worship does matter. I said, your worship does matter. They didn't just pray. They didn't just think about it. The Bible says at midnight, they prayed and praised. They opened their mouths and sang praises unto God. Here's how I know they did it out loud. And the prisoners heard them. And then suddenly what happened? Verse 26, there came a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bands were loosed. You want the the chains to break? You want the doors to open? Begin to pray and praise. It works. What are you saying? Church, it's time to shake our faith. 
It's time to shake our prayer life again and get it ready to dispense. You say, Pastor, I don't feel anything when I get to praying. Stop waiting on the feelings. The Bible warns people that wait on their feelings. We walk not by sight, but by faith. We don't walk by sight. We walk by faith. In order to shake the things around us, we've got to shake ourselves first. I know I titled this Unshakable today. But in order to be unshakable in our faith, there are some things that need to be shaken in our lives. Can I say it this way? One of the greatest blessings that the end time church is going to have is the shaking that God is going to send into the earth. And I know it's not enjoyable. Nobody's having a, a great party around here during COVID. If you're having COVID parties, you, you've got a weird idea of what a party is. Right? We're not having a, a, a great party during all of this. We're not having a party with anything that I listed in the headlines right now. It's not a fun time. But can I tell you the silver lining through all of this is the church is going to wake up in the middle of this. The church is going to find their prayer life in the middle of this. The church is going to find their voice in the middle of this. Amen. We're going to find the presence of God again in the middle of this. And I hate that it took all this, but could it be that God is allowing a shaking in the earth right now? To shake us so that we are unshakable in our faith. Because there's some things even in the church today that are going to be shaken. And they're going to crumble. They're going to crumble. There was a ministry years ago. I remember that we were alerted in our prayer meetings in our church. And Brother T.W. Barnes called our pastor and he said, We want you to partner with us We want to pray that God will give this ministry a chance to change and preach the truth or bring it down. And I'm going to leave it unnamed, but I will just tell you over the next few weeks, we joined with T.W. Barnes in our prayer meetings. We began to pray for a season, an open window that the, the people associated with this ministry preaching false doctrine that they would give, be given a window of opportunity to get it right and begin to be uh, 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 humbled and transparent before the Lord and begin to preach truth. And, and, and at the end of that window, that, that if they don't make it right, then God bring it down. And so we prayed grace on them first and mercy uh, to cover them first. But they didn't take advantage of that. Can I tell you, within just a few short months... They could have changed. They could have, they could have changed what they were doing, but they didn't. And together with the church in Minden, Louisiana, our church joined with them in several other churches. We said, God, if they don't preach the truth, bring it down. And there's a shaking in this world that I believe that God is going to allow things to be shaken that were set up on false things. That were set up on half-truths and set up on, on doctrines that are not real. I say this only to, to echo this today. Church, we better get in love with the truth. And stay in love with the truth. Stay in love with the heartbeat of God. Amen. It's not time to distance ourselves from the things of God. It's time to get close to the heartbeat of God. 
It's time to get in close to what God wants to do in this end time because there's coming a shaking. And if we're not on sure ground, on that firm foundation, then everything that can shake is going to shake. And so I echo that today. Calvary, we need to be on the rock, Christ Jesus. Amen. And I want to echo some of our beliefs here today. We do still believe in one God. We believe in one God. Has He revealed Himself in many ways? Sure He has. But that doesn't create separate gods. Amen. He's revealed Himself in many different ways. But that doesn't create separate gods. We also believe in not only one God, but we believe in Jesus' name baptism by immersion in water. We believe that we see that in Scripture. We believe that the new birth experience not only involves water baptism, but it involves spirit baptism. Except a man be born of water and of spirit, he shall not see the kingdom of God. Amen. So we believe in Jesus' name baptism. And we believe in the infilling of the Holy Ghost. And every time the Holy Ghost was poured out in the New Testament, they spoke with tongues. Amen. And so we believe in the infilling of the Holy Ghost with speaking in other tongues. Doesn't mean you walk around and all you know how to do is speak in tongues after that. You wouldn't edify anybody very well, would you? But you do need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. And I believe when the Holy Ghost shows up, He is going to speak through you in another language. Amen. And that's your identifier that He showed up. You don't have to guess. You don't have to wonder if the Spirit showed up. He gives you a a tangible, audible evidence that He showed up. And why do you bring that stuff up today? Because I want anybody here that has maybe fallen out of, of touch with your rock in your life, that firm foundation, can I encourage you, go back to the doctrines that you were once taught. Go back to the preached Word. And if it's in the Word, we need to believe it. And if we can back it up with Scripture, we need to believe it. Amen. And so, what I've told you today that our doctrine is, I can back it up in Scripture. Amen. And so we want to stay close to the Word of God. So here we are in a whirlwind storm in 2020. I want this church to hear me. I want any devil in the spirit realm to hear me. But more than anything, I want God to hear me. This church and this preacher isn't going anywhere. We're not changing our doctrine just because the winds and the storms blow. We're not changing who we are and what we believe just because it may or may not be currently popular. Hallelujah. We're still going to believe and preach the doctrines that we have been taught. Why? Because I believe Psalms 125 says it. They that trust in the Lord shall be as Mount Zion, which cannot be removed, but abideth forever. Now's not the time to go find a new doctrine, folks. Now's not the time to go church shopping. Now's not the time to go find a a new scripture for a new idea. Amen. 
They that trust in the Lord shall be as Mount Zion, which cannot be removed, but abideth forever. Shall we stand today? Unshakable. Unshakable. There is a shaking that needs to take place that will make us unshakable. There are prayers that have to be prayed that will strengthen our prayer life. There is a pushback that has to come into our lives that will only happen because we're being pushed. There is an unshakableness that God wants to produce in my life and in your life, lives, but it has to come through a shaking. And it's happening right now. Can I tell you, like we sang earlier, it may feel like you're surrounded, but you're surrounded by God. It may feel like, like the enemy is all around you, but can I say, lift up your eyes, because you're surrounded by a God. And it doesn't matter what's being shaken all around you. God is producing an unshakable faith in your life. But you've got to let some things shake. Some things that need to shake. So this is our prayer in closing today. As we bring this, this message to a close. This is the direction that we want to go in prayer. I would ask that you would open your heart and your life Unto the all-seeing eye of God's presence and say, God, is there anything that needs to shake? Is there anything that needs to, to be brought down in my life? Anything, God, that is not pleasing to you? Let all things shake that's going to shake. But God, in so doing, what remains, let it be unshakable. Let it be unshakable. They that trust in the Lord shall be as Mount Zion, which cannot be removed, but abideth forever. Lord, shake in my life what needs to be shaken so that I can abide. I wonder today, is there anybody that wants to abide? You want to make it during these times. You want to abide during these times. You want to be unshakable during these times. Then I ask you to pray. Maybe a prayer that doesn't even feel natural. Why don't you pray this prayer with me though? God, shake my life so that I can abide forever. Shake what needs to be shaken. God, help me, Lord, become unshakable. Help me to shake my prayer life again, God. Help me to, 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 to shake off the, the fetters and the, the chains, oh God, in my life so that I can be unshakable. Help me face what I'm facing, God, so that I can be unshakable. God, if there's somebody here today that needs a miracle, they need a breakthrough. God, I'm asking that you'll, that you'll let them, Lord, shake their lives. God, that, you'll, that your Spirit will come in and begin to shake some things. 
God, cause us to shake our lives right now today. Cause us, God, to take inventory of our lives. Oh God, what needs to be shaken? Heads bowed, eyes closed. If you need God to shake some things in your lives, heads bowed, eyes closed, nobody looking around, but you need God to shake some things in your lives, would you lift your hand today? You want God to shake some things in your life. You want God to make you unshakable so He has to shake some things. Oh, God sees those hands. God sees those hands. Go ahead and lower any hands that are in the room right now. Now all over this place together as the church begins to pray. Those that lifted their hands. I'm asking you to lift your hands along with the rest of the church. I'm asking you to call on God and say, God, shake my life. Shake me awake, oh God. Cause me to be Daniel in the lion's den. Cause me to be David on a battlefield, oh God. Cause me, oh God, to be uh, Peter and, and John in a prison cell, cell. Cause me, oh God, to come alive. <clears throat> in the name of Jesus.